What'd you do, Don? Where's, what you doing? Why are you acting She's right here. She ain't there. Hey, you ain't dying. You're here. <laughs> I never hear no here. <laughs> hey, what's your last name? There. <laughs> there and everywhere. <laughs> There's nowhere to go with this. <laughs> There's nowhere to go, Diane. You know, I start. You start down a path. You see, you start down a path. You see, there's riches here. Look, look, look at all the shiny stuff. So you keep going down that path, Diane, and then all of a sudden you, you. I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm gonna take me a sip. Run into a like a, a sewage treatment pond. Yeah, ham and eggs. And there's no bridges or nothing. No way to get around it. Goes on as far as you can see that away, and as far as you see that away, and you're standing there. You look up at the sky and say, It's 8.50 a.m. Saturday, November the 26th, 2022. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. Yeah. So there you have it. We got candles. We got candlelight, we got sweaters and flannel and, you know, all kinds of warm, toasty stuff. A cozy draped sweater. Draped all over the place. It was like living in a giant table tent. You know, when you were kids, you'd make a tent out of some sheets and underneath the dining room table. It's like that only just big. Right out of, you know, one of those books you had when you read them. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a bounteous, bounteous. Yes, I would, I would describe that. That's a good word. It's a bounteous cornucopia of fun, fun. Here, in the treehouse, uh, it's been a fun, fun. You know, cornucopia of abundance here at Lake Abundance. Over to you, Diane. You you get shorter and shorter in your comments. Is it because of the I'm sewage treatment of place? <laughs> it's probably so. I mean, I'm kind of in a spot here. Well, this yes, week. Well, this you week. know, I have to always consider from the the whole week and and. Yes. I would say that the week started off with this. Wonderful interview I had with Henry. Oh yeah, uh, about why he did the the wonderful Johnny Be Good. Yeah, the Michael J. Fox uh, fundraiser video. The Marty yeah. Marty McFly Johnny Be Good. And he is an absolute articulate gem of an interviewer yes or inter- uh, interviewee. interviewee i'm sorry yes. interviewee i know obviously i am not as articulate as henry <laughs> well you know he pauses he ponders but yeah. he's very he's very serious about what he does and uh, i think he took the interview quite seriously i took the interview quite seriously and i'm writing a story for the ancient victories um which i am working on this weekend. So that was the first bounteous. Bounteous bit? Bit. First giblet? 
And, you know, I'm just thinking we had a nice work week and then we had Thanksgiving. And there was a poetry break in there and that was fine. That poetry break was. Poetry break is kind of just becoming kind of pedestrian around here, you know, which is exactly what I would like it to be. Well, it has to be pedestrian because we're always, I'm always coming home from work and well, Tuesday was a busy day and yeah. it was just like, oh, got to make dinner, got to get on the stick, get on the stick to do the Facebook thing. But mostly on Wednesday, I was planning out um, the the meal and picking up the stuff for Thanksgiving dinner. And we had chicken, not turkey, yes. chicken thighs and drumsticks, yes. which is our favorite. Baked with garam, type ma- of garam masala. I, garam masala. Yeah. Which is just a wonderful coating for the chicken. It yeah. is just so good. Yeah. And, uh, and Alice was bringing stuffing. Which is... I think you're right. That may be the best stuffing I've ever had. She does make the best stuffing I've ever had. Yeah. And she volunteered to, to make it. I was well, going I think to that's ask because her. she knows she makes darn good stuffing. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't she's tired of eating crappy stuffing. She makes it from scratch with uh yeah. with the actual bread. Yeah. Toasted Toasts and her um, own bread crumbs and sourdough bread, which yeah. is I think the, the magic. Oh, the magic ingredient. I see. And um, don't you think there's a little sage in there, maybe? Too? Well, no. Yes, there. She's got definitely the the spices that you have for stuffing. But yeah. I'm just saying that the magic ingredient that makes it different from other stuffings is the sourdough bread. I think. All right. I hear you. And, and Sue brought green, green beans. beans. And Brad and Paul both brought. Copious amounts of beverage, which we are we still have. we still have a stockpile of for you know the next four or five years. That's one of the things about Brad Stenberg is he doesn't he doesn't scrimp on supplies. You know, I think Paul is a little like that too. Well, and I don't know if you noticed, but he even brought some mango something or other. Some, really? Yeah. No, I haven't. Even Another looked. drink that I was like, wow, I that's even interesting. Looked at our haul. You don't expect that kind of haul from Thanksgiving. You just expect leftovers. I guess you could, these could be considered leftovers. And we made, I I did a, for the first time, I did a yam recipe that, mm. Uh, mm. I guess I'm not really into the marshmallows, you know, right. on yams. I think that they're sweet enough on their own, but this recipe that I found was supposed to emulate uh, something that we used to get in cans, which was yams and this sort of orange syrup type of thing. And so um, I just looked up yams and orange sauce and and didn't know how easy, first of all, it is to make that dish. It was just simple, simple, simple. And it was incredible. I was—I mean, if I do say so myself, I was... Yeah, it's yummy. And there's some of that still, too, right? Yeah. You haven't eaten it all? Nope, right. I have not eaten it all. Right. I was thinking, because, you know, a lot of times people say, I don't like yams. And I always feel like, okay, if nobody likes it, I'll eat it all, because yeah. I'm quite the... Yeah. 
the fan of the sweet potato and yam. Well, so. so maybe we should be having yams for dessert, like in the evening. Maybe. Yeah. But we've got too much pumpkin pie. That's the problem. Well, Diane yeah. Diane also made a couple of crustless pumpkin pies, which we have just been enjoying, you know, year round here in the treehouse. But uh, well, we're we're quite the pumpkin pie fans. We are in general both fans of. Pumpkin and this pie. particular pumpkin pie is a healthy pumpkin pie, yeah, man. I mean, it's the yeah, you know, you, you you learn to live without the crust. You know, you do. And I also, uh, you mashed the potatoes. Oh, yeah, we had mashed potatoes. Yukon Golds. Yukon Golds, they were very good. I the got only my thing annual, that... I got my annual uh, Thanksgiving burn on my finger, <laughs> which I'm quite proud of. Do you of. really actually get it in? No. Oh, okay. I'm just fooling around. So, the thing that was really wonderful about the chicken is that you could just buy a... Yeah, just uh, get some chicken. Get some chicken, and if you had more people come than you had anticipated, or people were hungry, or you could always throw in another batch. Uh, batch into the oven and cook it up pretty quickly. And there's not really, you don't have to really worry about one item that is the centerpiece of the meal. One item. And if that's not just right, the whole meal kind of, you know, there tends to be a, a certain amount of suffering around the rest of the meal and it's the rest of the meal really you said this yesterday i think yeah it's the rest of the meal that really makes a holiday feast what it is and if you can take the pressure off the centerpiece then everything gets its own kind of appreciation the way it should be it's like make you know how to make the perfect turkey cook chicken (laughs) that's all i got to say about that well, but the other thing that was really wonderful about it that I hadn't even realized until we were eating is that the food was all hot. Yeah. Because there has been there have been so many times when I've had Thanksgiving meals where because of the turkey or you know everything's kind of cold by the the time you're eating it because you're taking so long to serve it up and carve the turkey. And That's right, Diane. So. Anyway, we, we had a very casual event. Uh, was, even brought out compostable paper plates. And yeah, man. It was great. Just to have it be really easy and not have anybody feel guilt about dishes or anything. And it was great. Just and it was just a lovely... wonderful conversation and, and very, uh, I don't know, everybody seemed to appreciate being together. I like that. Oh, and by the way, Henry... Um, we all, uh, Alice showed your video to our whole table and That's everybody right. loved it. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, you may have a new follower on Instagram too. And TikTok. Or, uh, m- or more yeah. than like, uh, just That's one follower. True. I'm sure she is reposting your, your thing. You know, Alice is quite popular. She's way more popular than me. So just keep that in mind. So you don't have to think that your reputation is going to suffer simply because I... Or someone like me reposts <laughs> your stuff. So that was that was one of the best Thanksgivings I've had in some well, ways. Yeah, in in the fact that there there seemed to be very little tension or pressure around the meal, so that it was more about being together with people. Yeah. And, and everybody that, was relaxed and yeah. enjoyed it. And we don't have that big a house, so whenever we've got you know, 
six to eight people in here. It's a lot of people in here. So, but everybody seemed really casual, flaked out on the floor at various times, and it was just lovely. It was. And then yesterday... All my troubles seemed so far away. We decided to attend uh, a concert at the Cooth Buzzard with Ginny Riley and Orville Johnson. Johnson. And it was just a delightful evening. You know, there's something to be said about people who have reached a certain level of expertise. They're like like, uh, uh, the emeritus performers. Um, People, especially, you know, in the case of Ginny and Orville, they're people not only that have been playing for years, but people who I have been... uh, appreciative of I mean they've been in my life it's like going to see James Taylor or somebody like that who made an impression on me when I was young well Ginny Riley via Riley and Maloney and Orville Johnson via my association with Jim and just seeing him around town with the strangers with candy and you know all that stuff that and he's he's a very well known entertainer nationally uh, which He's I've, even been in a movie and sure. stuff. I feel like, wow, you know. Yeah, I met Orville at on Boxing Day, nineteen eighty-five, when I went over to record Jim uh, for his demo tape, and Orville was the guy playing with Jim, and so we got to see Orville play with Jim, and then we got to see Orville play solo and with Ginny, and I don't know. These people know what they're doing, and if they, they've probably both played for much larger audiences. But you can tell when you see certain performers, the size of the audience is not even part of the equation for them. It's the opportunity to perform in front of an appreciative audience. There can be three people there and they'll be the best audience you've ever had, you know. I've always admired Orville for having the incredible talent he has and just being such a down-to-earth, home, you know, just like... Like you're playing, he's playing in your living room. Jenny would say, "Hey, Orville, can you help me out on this particular song?" He just saunter up, and yeah. I'm here a, when you need me, Jenny. He's got you a know? very casual attitude, and that casual attitude has carried him a long way. And I think it's because he's, you know, at peace with himself and what he can do, and just goes up and does it because he loves it. Man, he can make that guitar truly talk. Yeah. And there are times his, when he's playing with the slide that it sounds like a human voice, oh, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And he uses it in a way almost like like a, a commenter on the lyrics of the song. I don't even know how to describe that, but it's yeah. just amazing. It is. It's a, it's a unique and uh, uh, highly sought after kind of talent, that kind of intuitive feel for a song even if you don't know it that well or if it's out of your genre or whatever you know how to put the you know how to add to it without without going in too far and overpowering or you know it's a very subtle art and i think it comes from a sense of harmony you know and blend which is something we learn in like junior high and high school choir and stuff like that you learn about how to blend with somebody, and I think Orville's got that. 
Because I was worried when I saw that there wasn't any amplification last night that I, we weren't going to be able to hear Jenny's voice. Because Jenny's got a gorgeous voice, but it's not overpoweringly loud, whereas Orville can, you know, has got a much uh, stronger voice. Oh, man, he's got and a getting, big voice. The thing about getting to hear Orville solo is that the selection of songs, so many of the songs he played last night are songs that I have heard for the last 40 years, but I've only heard Orville do them. And it's just a really unique selection of songs that he picks out that really are suited to his personality almost, you know? Well, you know, that's what I love about... Moon and yeah. and uh, Blueprint for the Blues. And, you know. I on. love the one that he started off with. Uh, I actually wrote down the lyric because I was thinking I've got to... I've got to remember what that was. Uh, I'm in a hole and I'm digging it deeper. <laughs> digging it deeper, digging it deeper, digging it deeper. He, he I'm was... in a hole and I'm digging it deeper. Don't know if I ever get out. <laughs> but he said, this is a song about the human condition. <laughs> <laughs> It's a real interesting group of songs, and it's from all sorts of yeah. styles. Right. He is really well known for his blues, yeah. which he loves. Yeah. But I wanted to, I just pulled up the Wikipedia page on him because because we know him and yeah. he's been on our lives so much, we don't really think about him in this way, but... It says he is an, a singer, instrumentalist, record producer, songwriter, session player, and teacher. As his entry in the Encyclopedia of Northwest Music states, he has become a vital figure on the Northwest music scene. He has appeared on over 400 albums, movie and video soundtracks and commercials, produced 22 albums for other musicians, and hosts a Roots music radio show. I mean, he's... Uh, yeah, he's the real thing. He's the real thing. He's immersed. He's totally immersed in his craft, and I think that's just wonderful. And listen to that, Henry. You know, that's that's where I see you going. There's so many ways to make uh, your life in music um, and never be bored because you'll be doing a bunch of different things. It opens up a lot of different kinds of doors if you're willing to do a lot of different kinds of things. Which is what Orville, you know, he's been on the cover of, he's been in Guitar Player magazine and, you know, stuff like that. He's just, he's a big shot. And but he's just the guy, you know, when he strolls into the gig. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> and part of it, I know, is confidence. But he wears his confidence in a very uh, self-deprecating way. You never, don't make a big deal out of this kind of attitude. You know, I'm just I'm just sitting on the front porch. Yeah. I don't know. There's an attitude like that with Orville that I absolutely love, and it's very charming. And it's always been what makes it so fun to watch him and Jim play together because Jim is all the you know he's all the intensity and the and the edginess and the you know the sharp rhythms and stuff like that. And Orville's just going <laughs> making the guitar oh, look, sing in the look, background. Jim's being all serious again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's a nice counter counterpoint in basic approaches. You know? So 
anyway, it's fun to and, see Orville play. And Ginny is just, Ginny is, she has established herself in my life as a singer of a wide variety of different kinds of songs with a real kind of realistic attitude about everything. She was talking about last night how she forgot her capo and then she one song she said, well, now I've, I can't remember the chords, you know, and and uh, so and then the next she sings another verse and she says, well, now I've remembered the chords and I've forgotten the words. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, she, she makes it a very human experience and I think she is, she knows instinctually what kind of contact she can make with the, uh, any particular audience and it's you know it's perfectly natural for her to be uh, in the moment you know? all that she has is right now as well one and, of the songs she sang was talking about and jenny riley was part of riley and maloney right. and i heard jenny riley and in riley and maloney when I was in college and loved this song that she wrote yeah. called Wild Man. Yeah. And I never thought that I would, you know, like in college, if somebody said, you'll meet and know this person someday, I would be like, nah, yeah. that would never happen. Yeah. Yeah, but, I can't believe I'm in contact with David Maloney too, but he initiated it. No, I know. And it's, there's people who have had a certain amount of attention and stuff like that and they're very ah shucks about it. And uh, and also, the fact that Ginny is still out, I mean, I've, I've been running into Ginny at the open mics. Yeah, exactly. She's been going to open mics, and you know, it's testament to her love of music, and that it's about the music for her. It's not about, you know, I mean, someone who's had the kind of notoriety she had might feel a little uh, self-conscious about showing up at an open mic in a bookstore on a Wednesday night or something and playing without amplification or without, you know. But Ginny just loves playing and singing. And it's clear that she really enjoys it. Well, and I love, I loved her selections too, mm -hmm. which were very similar in, sort of like yeah, a... they have a similar musical sensibility. Yeah, that. because there's a lot of humorous, fun songs... There are a lot of, uh, she did, uh, she's really well known for her, uh, for Somewhere her Bessie Smith, Bessie Smith album, yeah. uh, interpretations. She's a and, student of particular styles and artists and things. And she kind of weaves that in with her own songs. And I don't know, it's just a, it's a nice mix. So I can understand why Ginny and Orville are, are playing shows together because they do, a kind, of, a kind of attract the same kind of audience and a, a very appreciative audience. I guess a third of the audience that was at the Cooth last night had been at their show in West Seattle a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so it's, it's just nice. It's nice to be a part of music that operates on this level because it's so much more about person to person contact uh, and less about, you know, the big show kind of, you know, rock well, star kind of uh, the voice or, you know, America has talent kind of situation. And right now, there's this feeling every time you go to a concert that you're uh, of our groups, yeah. you're really worried that there will be anybody that shows up because the pandemic still has affected the groups that we uh, go to see. 
but every time there has been a really nice grouping of people. Well, and the the appreciation is like 360 degrees in the room. Yes, you know, exactly. The energy flow, everything is, you know, this is a group simply because they're in the same room and everybody knows it. You know, everybody is taking the same amount of risk, showing the same amount of uh, uh, desire for human contact just to be there. Exactly. And having that element there is priceless. And, and it's an amazing thing to participate in. And if you're performing, to absorb that as a performer is just, it's like, you know, vitality delivered by telekinesis or something. Some kind of t telepathic connection um, that when I was playing at the CNP last time, made me feel like I was being carried, you know. Well, and, and I felt light. And I feel like, uh, well, both Orville and Jenny had commented on it, too, that for them, just being able to perform in front of people again was so important. Right. And I was feeling really overcome by that experience again, too, yeah. because... I always have known how much I love being in a live concert setting. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, at one point in my life, in my 40s, I think it was, I was feeling kind of low one day, and I was thinking, what's going on? Why am I feeling low? And all of a sudden I thought, you know, I haven't gone to a live performance for a while. And at that time, I made a, a vow to myself that I would attend at least one live concert a month. And I had done that all of this time until the pandemic. Yeah. But then I still was. I mean, of course, you were performing and we were attending the Zoom. Yeah. And that was as close to live as you could get. Right. But there's something that is so different about being in a room with other people and the performer. Yeah. And I have often, and I've even said it on the show, it's like this bubble that is magical because the audience is reacting to the performer, the performer is reacting to the audience, and the audience is reacting to the other members of the audience. And it's just such a beautiful experience for, for me and has always been, especially with the sort of small audiences that we're usually in. Right. Um, it always gives even a greater experience because when you're in an auditorium or something, you can't really feel it the same way. But in these intimate uh, performing Venues. experiences, it's it's just pretty wonderful. Yeah. And I I felt really overcome a few times just by that it, that feeling of oh my god, this is so great to be here again. And I felt that at every. Uh, everything that we've gone to so far, which has not been an, a large number, no. um, but we're starting to feel a little bit more confident that... Yeah, it's a strange time because, you know, it's like people are masking and then they're unmasking and they're masking back up and they're unmasking and it's like people don't quite know situationally what's... Well, uh, I was doing that. Yeah, I was too. kind of I'm, masking I'm, and saying. unmasking. I'm, I'm yeah. peop we're people. So... Yeah, it's, it's interesting. But it's also uh, extremely uh, energizing in a kind of 
primal way. Pardon me, I'm gonna have another drink of coffee. It's just feed. It's a. It's good nourishment. Nourishment. You boy. Why am I stumbling so much? It's good coffee. It's good nourishment, Diane. It's nourishing. Well, of the songs that were performed last night, the real highlights for me were uh, Jenny singing one of the, her songs that I have heard many times and absolutely love, which was, did Beethoven ever do the dishes? I don't know whether that's the actual title, but it's just a marvelous song that she wrote. I love that song so much. And, uh, and her Bessie Smith, Bessie, the Bessie Smith song was the highlight for me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, take me to the electric chair. Take me to the electric chair. (laughs) It's kind of a funny thing to hear from such a gentle, sweet woman. But she, she, but she, she knew what she was doing, man. She, she was knows all over what, She's got a great interpretation yeah, of that. She got all of it. And for Orville, it, uh, there was, I mean, Orville is just one of my favorites. But um, He sings delightful songs. But know. one of the ones I that really stood out to me was his rendition of Georgia, which... I have heard him do before, and I don't know. It's one of his favorite songs. So he just really... uh, Cuts loose. Cuts loose on that song, and I just love that. But the other one that I had never heard, and he started this as a a medley. He started off playing Mr. Bojangles. Just instrumentally. Instrumentally. And nice. Lovely, sweet version of that. And then he went into this song by John Hartford in Tall Buildings, which I had never heard before. And I just fell in love with the song and with his rendition of the song. And that's why we decided to to choose that song as uh, our song for the day. Not done by Orville, but by John Hartford. And... John Hartford. Uh, John Hartford was like Orville and Ginny. John Hartford played to smaller crowds, and absolutely loved it. He never looked like he was working, you know. And he did this thing where he'd be playing the banjo or playing the violin and tap dancing. Yeah. On board at the same time, so he provides his own percussion, and it's just an absolute delight to watch this lanky guy up there just kind of shuffling and singing or playing the violin or playing the banjo big grin on his face well and i really invite people to check out his website he is no longer alive but uh it's it's one of the most beautiful websites i've ever seen um he's they have all these things that he was involved in and so i'm just going to read it said he was a hall of fame musician award-winning songwriter, steamboat pilot, author, artist, disc jockey, calligrapher, dancer, folklorist, father, historian, and frustrated librarian. But it's got these marvelous drawings that he's done and his calligraphy. I mean, it's just gorgeous. It's a gorgeous website. So I invite people to check it out. Um, this is where my my love of research always pays yeah. off because you'll find these various things. Yeah, 
and it, he's got videos up on YouTube too, and you can just watch him. It's just he just makes you feel good, and that's kind of how Orville and Ginny made me feel last night, and I appreciate it more than I can say. It's it has nourished me in parts that cannot speak for themselves. Well, that's the thing that I feel we are so fortunate because first of all, and I'm sure all towns cities have their their marvelous musicians but but i've always felt like we have a plethora of incredible musicians in the seattle area that's true that's true and it's our joy and our privilege that we can see these people in these small settings and do it for 40 plus years yeah I mean, I just have a treasure trove of memories about incredible performances. And the thing that I like about this John Hartford uh, is that, first of all, you will hear, if you hear the rhythm behind the second song, that's his feet doing the, the rhythm. But this is a live performance. I actually listened to the uh, In Tall Buildings song on the album, and I... I love the live performances of things. Yep, yep, me too. Um, he dressed it up too much on the on the album from for my taste. I really like it just him singing it and um, right. But I mean, it's the thing about John Hartford albums is that if that's where you hear the song the first time, that becomes the version. It's not that. It doesn't sound like the song or anything like that. He never goes that far into it. No, 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 no. So, I it's so just that I I like into his studio I like albums. things just with the performer and the right. guitar. You and know, I like having the ambience of a live performance and yeah. the, and having the crowd in, in the involved. Exactly, that's how I experience music. And because that's the way that I think he's shown, right. uh, from my understanding. And John Hartford, he was, he used to be on the Glenn Campbell Hour, He wrote Gentle right? On My Mind. He, he wrote, wrote Gen- He made Glenn Campbell's career. Yeah. With that song. So, you know? Yeah. But he is, uh, I never had the joy of seeing him, uh, which I wish I had. Did you see him? No, I never did. Um, but, man, everything that I've ever seen on videos on YouTube and... He just seemed like he was a consummate entertainer as well as a, a musician. And also had that kind of Orville Johnson, ah shucks kind of casual attitude about him yeah. all the time, which was, but a very, very, these are very learned people, Ginny and Orville and John Hartford. These people know what they're doing. They're, they're students of music as well as, they're not songwriters. They're not like me. Is, is basically what I'm saying, is that these people take it to another level. And they use all their gifts and all their uh, fire for music in a lot of different ways, teaching and, uh, and all as well as writing and performing in a bunch of different configurations. And, you know, Orville's been played in rock and roll bands and, and everything. And uh, he knows all that stuff. He makes anyway. the neck of a guitar look like he's, you know, he's just kind of walking down a hallway, <laughs> you know, with that he kind does. of lopey kind of thing. Because his his hands, he's got big hands, but he moves up and down the guitar. It's like he's not doing anything. He's like p- holding his hand in like a C chord position and doing all this noodling up and down the guitar, and it's just do do do, like there's no nothing to it. 
Well, thank you, Orville and Ginny. That yeah, was, was a, fun, a treat. Fun night. Fun night. Can't wait for the next one. And don't we have a little John Artford to dispense? We do. We decided for two songs this two, time. Two songs. From the same live album, which is live at the... Live at College Station, Pennsylvania. There you go. Someday, my baby, when I am a man And others have taught me the best that they can Sell me a suit, they'll cut off my hair Send me to work in tall buildings So it's goodbye to the sunshine, goodbye to the dew Goodbye to the flowers and goodbye to you. I'm off to the subway, I must not be late. Going to work in tall buildings. Stand between when I went to work in tall buildings. So it's goodbye to the sunshine, goodbye to the dew, and goodbye to the flowers, and goodbye to you. I'm off to the subway, I must not be late. I'm going to work in tall buildings. Goodbye to the sunshine, goodbye to the dew, and goodbye to the flowers, and goodbye to you. I'm off to the subway, I must not be late, going to work in tall buildings.
into a new way to fly. Oh, what an easy way to get high. The love that I get from the love that I send. From learning to smile all over again. Learning to smile all over again. That's what it takes to make a new friend. That's when I learned it wasn't the end. Learning to smile all over again. And considers the frown that's pasted on me Like kisses to heal the pain on the men I'm learning to smile all over again I'm Learning to smile all over again That's what it takes to make a new friend That's when I learned it wasn't the end Learning to smile all over again When I learned it wasn't the end Learning to smile all over again Sing that with me That's when I learned it wasn't the end Sing it again One more time. Smile all 